Welcome to Prince Tribe by Track presents Stevie Wonder Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Superstition from the album Talking Book. Released uh, as the lead single from that album on the 24th of October 1972, four days before the album came out. On the track it is Stevie Wonder, mostly. Uh, we have horns from Taylor Lawrence and Steve Maddiel. Um, both of whom, whom return on a number of tracks on the next couple of albums, uh, again playing horns. Uh, the track is 4 minutes 27, and joining me to talk about today is John Muggleton. Hello, John. Hello. Um, yeah, so uh, this is like Stevie Wonder's like first number one um, since Fingertips Part 2, which you know was like, I think, almost a decade previous. Um, over here, it only got to number 11, though. Um, so it's not it's not number one song. Yet. I'm I'm kind of surprised at that too because I would have thought that Sign Sealed Delivered would have been a number one song, but I don't think it quite got there. The songs that he's he'd released pr- like pr- like since Fingertips, which was you know uh, quite a while ago. Uh, well, it's actually his first ever single, so, so there's been a lot in between. Like My Sherry and More, I would have thought would have been a number one. You know, Yes to Me, Yes to You, I would have thought would have been a number one, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, like you say, yeah. Sign Seal Delivered, no. Um, uh, even like Never Dream You'd Leave in Summer or, um, you know, Superwoman, either one of those I'd have thought would have been number ones, but no, nope, you know, they just did okay. Um, and yeah. so this is this is kind of like the first uh, real single from, uh, you know, what people consider to be the classic period. Obviously, I've added the first two albums before this as part of that. Um, but this is kind of the point at which critical opinion kind of turned in Stevie Wonder's uh, favour, in particular from Rolling Stone, who did not like um, Music of My Mind or uh, Where I'm Coming From. They felt that those were kind of gimmicky, overproduced albums. Uh, whereas by the time we got to Talking Book, the review was a bit more favourable. And obviously, as we go through the, like the next three albums, they get more and more favourable until we get to Songs in the Key of Life. Um, but this is effectively his first single of the classic period. And, you know, it was a number one um, in America. And, uh, you know, it did it did reasonably well in, in Europe. It kind of it charted all over the place. Um, and it was the 26th best selling song of the year um, in America, that is. Uh, like I say, over here, wow. it only got to number 11. But then the charts, uh, the single charts uh, in the 70s in the UK were fiercely competitive. <laughs> like... Songs would sell like a million copies and still not get to number one, um, you know. Yeah. And obviously our, our, our charts at the time, uh, it's changed slightly these days, but our charts at the time were based solely on sales and had no airplay can, like element at all. So, right. You know. It, well, it amuses me. Uh, now, we have, I have Sirius XM radio in my car and the 70s station on Sirius XM has every weekend they have uh, Casey Kasem's Top 40, like from beyond the grave, basically. And every week it's a different year. They just randomly pick a year, but it always my, my whenever my wife and I listen to it in the car, it's always funny because we're always like, Oh, well, it's the seventies, that's why that song is a hit, you know, and oh like at one point uh, a version of the Lord's Prayer was a top forty hit. You know, just a random person with a guitar singing the Lord's Prayer was a top 40 hit in the US. And then you had all these like unlike now where the top charts are basically just you know, hip hop, trap, pop, whatever. In those days, you could get uh, a jazz instrumental in the top forty. You could get, uh, you know, a lonesome country song in the in the mix along with, 
you know, Elton John and Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney, you know, so... And I always attribute I always attribute that to cocaine. But, you know. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting that you mention uh, somebody having a, a hit with uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, also known to some people as Our Father. Um, yeah, because Cliff Richard, a perennial um, hit maker over here, um, and ah, yes. and confirmed bachelor, um, he actually had a number one hit uh, with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, that he, really? he changed the name to the Millennium Prayer. Um, okay. And he um, he he had he actually used the um, uh, the melody of Old Lang Syne, um, and released it uh, like in November 1999 with the aim of it being the first number one of the new millennium. Um, okay. And uh, uh, I'm gonna have to look that up because that <laughs> sounds really weird. Yeah. So imagine somebody taking the melody of Old Lang Syne. And singing yeah. the Lord's Prayer over the top of that, but yeah, it was it yeah, was I, yeah I can't that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it it, it was it, it, oddly enough, it was a, a big success for Cliff Richard. It was his third best-selling single of his entire career, um, and it was his fourteenth uh, number one. Wow. Uh, it, it also managed to win a number of awards for being the worst song ever released because um, <laughs> it is absolutely terrible. Um, so, <laughs> so, and I have a feeling I don't. I don't think Cliff Richard has had a number one since then either. I think that was the last time he had a number one. Um, so it's interesting you say that. Not just in the seventies, you know. At the end of the last millennium, yep. people could still kind of uh, have a hit with that. But apparently so. Yeah. So this was this was a big success for Stevie Wonder. Um, you know, and it, like on the track, it is mostly him. You know, he uh, he actually played the drum track first. Um, and at the time when he was in, in the recording session, uh, Jeff Beck was there, the, the guitarist, and Jeff Beck had intended to play on Superstition. Uh, he ended up playing on a later track on, on the same album, um, but apparently Stevie Wonder had met him and was like, you know, coming to the studio, I'm going to be, you know, recording some stuff over the next couple of weeks, you know, if you want to take part. And he apparently watched Stevie put down like the basic kind of like drum groove. Um, you know, Stevie just about did this like off the top of his head. He was just like, oh, I've been thinking about this drum groove. And then he just played it for the entire like four minutes and just put down the basic track. And then Jeff Beck was like, that sounds great. You know, I'll be back, you know, tomorrow or something to kind of like add some guitar. And um, he was unable to return. And then, you know, by the time he kind of did return, Stevie had already finished everything else on the track. Um, you know. Yeah. Oh, here it's done. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, like I say, Jeff Beck did then play on the later track um, on this album, anyway. Um, but you know, he didn't get a chance to contribute anything to this. But it's basically, you know, after Stevie had done the drums, you you've just got like the clavinet and the the Moog bass, um, and then he had Trevor Lawrence and, and Steve Mariel, who both both of whom had played like um, you know horns for him before. He uh, you know he had them kind of come in and and just play the you know the, the kind of the hook which i mean you know uh, I, I, I mean straight off the top i'm gonna say six out of five it's a great song like <laughs> like this no, oh, it's amazing you know it is my favorite stevie wonder song by far yeah there's just no uh, disputing like how like how perfect that drum groove is and that's just what it opens up with as well is just kind of like the hi-hat and the snare and then yep. you know the kind of the the, the bass kind of the moving bass comes in and then you have the little kind of the punctuations from the horns. And then, you know, later on in the song, you also have like kind of the as you get, they get the build up with like his vocals, you, you have like the kind of the, the kind of layering of the horns. 
and then just the the, the yeah. little bellets. like just I, I don't know just like the arrangement of the horns is so kind of brilliant and again as with a lot of these tracks it's worth emphasizing Stevie Wonder's like about 23 when he's doing this <laughs> so it's wow yeah so it's kind of amazing just how kind of competent he is at a I mean like um, obviously, you know, if you get yourself a couple of horn players, they will, you know, and you play something for them, they will kind of come up with something over the top of it anyway. Um, but by all accounts, whenever Stevie Wynn had any horns, what he would generally do, um, and this is something that, that Prince also did, um, he would play what he wanted on like a keyboard and he would arrange it that way. And then the horn players would just come in and basically re-record what he'd already done. Um, oh, okay. So it's not it's not like these guys are just coming in and making it up. Stevie Wonder has given them no. a very clear instruction of what he wants them to play. Yeah. Um, he knows what he wants to hear. Yeah, and I and I, that's that's something that I think you know, not not just the kind of you know like the fact that Stevie Wonder's new contract kind of gave him as much creative control as possible, but just the fact that Stevie Wonder is such a genius. And he can kind of write a song like this by just kind of doing a drum groove and then putting stuff over the top of it. Um, yeah. And the fact that you hear the drums first, it it kind of it's like you hear the drums and you're like, well, that's a you know whoever's playing that's a really good drummer. And then obviously that's Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And then you start hearing this kind of really um, kind of funky bass, and you're like, well, that bass is great. And of course it's Stevie Wonder. And yeah, then it's Stevie Wonder. And then exactly. and then the clavinet comes in, and you're like, well, clearly that's Stevie Wonder. Um, you yeah. know, and then you know you get the the lyrics, and again, like this, I mean, it's just such a wonderful kind of like vocal performance um, from yeah. him. You know, just like obviously the title "Superstition." You know, like the way the way that he, I mean, the, the chorus. You know, when you believe in things you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. Like that. Like when you believe in things you don't understand is kind of how you define superstition. Not completely, yes. but a little bit. Um, and I kind of like how that within the verses we have the the kind of the whole thing of like you know ladders about to fall thirteen month old baby broke the looking glass seven years of bad luck like it's all about kind of superstitions but he's not he's not kind of saying them you know like in in I don't know like the the kind of the poetry of the way he phrases it is kind of amazing like just he doesn't say you know it's bad luck to walk under a ladder or anything like that kind of but he just says ladders about to fall and just the way he like, yeah like I don't know just. I, I think, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, you know what it is. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, you know, in your mind, you're like, OK, I know that superstition. Yeah, this is it. So he kind of like abbreviates the kind of superstitions that people have and, and turns them into these little phrases that make them really easy to kind of sing. Um, and I yeah. just I guess I kind of love the way that he does that. Um, you know, and I particularly this whole kind of like, you know, seven years of bad luck, good things in your past. It's like it's like obviously, you know, like now that you've got seven years of bad luck, that's it. You know, everything good is in your past. You know, you've got, you've got seven more years of bad luck. So, um, you know, don't don't kind of wonder about any good luck. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of just love the the simplicity of the lyrics as well. Like the, the verses are not you know the verse isn't that kind of none of them are kind of that um you know complex you know he repeats later on you know the whole 13 month old baby thing uh, although when he sings it a yeah. second time like he emphasizes slightly different words and just yeah. just the way he sings 13 month old baby like he kind of changes the way he sings the the, the first time through and the second time through and it, it's it's just great how he kind of um will do that um, you know, and and you know the, the kind of the chorus is very simple. I think the kind of key of the song is just the kind of the interplay with the horns. 
Um, and then there's a, oh, there's yeah. a few times yeah, where yeah. he does the little kind of like Stevie scream, uh, and you have the kind of swell of the horns underneath that. Um, you know, in particular, the whole kind of you know superstitions ain't the way. Like that, just like the end of each chorus when it goes into that little horn line. Um, it's yep. just kind of amazing. And particular, I think after the third verse where you have the build up of the horns, um, it, again, you know, it, it's just the whole song is structured so perfectly. Um, you know, I can understand why it was released as a single because the it is a little bit more conventional than some of the other songs on the album. Um, you know, it is a yep. very simple kind of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then there's, you know, a little bit of a kind of solo. And then you go back to verse, chorus, and then that's the end of the song. Like, it's, it's a very yep. simple structure. Um, but it just works it's so well. Perfect for the radio. Yeah, and I and the thing is as well is like, uh, you know, particularly uh, you know like in the seventies, I could imagine hearing this coming on the radio, and it just really stands out. Like it's so kind of catchy, and upbeat, yeah. and like I can just imagine like hearing this and people being like, "What on earth? Like, what is the, <laughs> what what is this happiness that's basically coming out of the radio?" Um, and so I can yeah. kind of understand why it was like so successful. Um, you know, in particular for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, Keep On Running, which was his last single, um, you know, uh, from Music Of My Mind, is a, is a good enough song, but I don't think it's quite as, like, instantly catchy as Superstition is. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And the fact that he... F- yeah, the first time you hear this song, it's just... I mean, it's just amazing, and you're like, that is the best song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, obviously, Jeff Beck, um, you know, he'd been a fan of Stevie Wonder for a number of years. I think everybody had, because even at this point, I think Stevie Wonder had spent, you know, about two-thirds of his life performing, so everyone kind of knew who he was. Um, and so, you know, he was meant to, you know, contribute something to this song. Um, and, you know... Uh, Jeff Beck was was kind of there when the the first kind of like demo was was started um but then like he you know he he wasn't able to kind of take part in the rest of it but you know he said to Jeff Beck you know go ahead record your own version and that is what Jeff Beck did um and it was for the album uh, which included Beck Bogart and Apis um you know uh, and the the funny thing is like that like their version was meant to come out like before but it just it didn't uh due to some kind of uh, things with the record company um and then by the time their version got released um nobody was paying any attention to it (laughs) and it didn't chart and it didn't it like kind of didn't get anywhere and you know that like by by the time it came out basically as a band they had kind of already split up i mean it's not bad uh to me it's kind of i don't know standard english blues i guess but i mean it's not terrible uh i mean as far as covers go i i actually prefer the stevie ray vaughn version but that's and that's also a fairly straightforward cover uh i think the stevie ray vaughn as much as i like it because um there's a really funny video that they made for it where stevie ray vaughn wakes up in the morning and there's a cat in his hotel room and the cat scratches him and then as you go through the video it's all of the like it's like it says in the song it's all the it's all the the superstitions it's walking under the ladder it's all these things and basically the cat kills off the members of Stevie Ray Vaughan's band over the course of the video before finally i think electrocuting Stevie at the end and then you hear someone going here kitty kitty after the end and it turns out it's Stevie Wonder who then picks up the cat and sings a little bit of the chorus as the f- video fades out it's pretty hilarious uh, but superstition, the Stevie Ray one, a Stevie Ray Vaughan version, at least on my local station, got constant tons of airplay 
I would say it was made in the like 85, 86, and it still gets played to this day on the classic rock station. Although, honestly, I mean, they could play Superstition. It's a classic rock song. I mean, I would consider it a classic rock song. So they could play the Stevie Wonder version. I mean, so, but it's, you know, it's fun, but it's not Stevie. Yeah, it's, it's also worth saying as well that, like, uh, in the Stevie Ray Vaughan video, um, the, like, one of the things they add in there as well is they have it, the events are happening on Friday the 13th. Um, oh, so yeah. They, I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that. So yeah. They, it says it on the marquee. Yeah, so they kind yeah. of add one more layer. Um, but, yeah, and I, I think as well, um, you know, Steve, Stevie Wonder has performed this song with both Jeff Beck, um, and he also performed it with Stevie Ray Vaughan um, in 1989 oh, okay. uh, as part of an MTV special called Stevie Wonder Characters. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, also of note uh, is a terrible version of the song as done by UB40 um, in oh, 1995. Oh, yes, it is very dire. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the funny thing, the funny thing about uh, the UB40 version is it literally removes everything that makes the song have a groove so the the drums are just like a simple drum machine beat and there's no real kind of hint of the kind of the the moving bass or the kind of chords and even though ub40 have like at least three horn players in their band there are no horn punctuations <laughs> to no. so it's just and no it's it, pretty dire. yeah and that was that was made for the soundtrack for vampire in brooklyn uh, the terrible eddie murphy not a comedy um, and yeah. interestingly enough, later on, um, in 2003, uh, for the film Haunted Mansion, also starring Eddie Murphy and also not yeah. a comedy, uh, Raven Simone uh, did a cover of Superstition <laughs> for the soundtrack oh. of that. Um, oh, I've never heard that. So twice in in Eddie Murphy's career, he's had covers of, of Superstition appear on soundtracks to his films. Um, uh, and neither have been the Stevie Wonder version. They've both been covered by <laughs> other people, um, which is, uh. is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's been used in a number of other films. Um, you know, it's in John Carpenter's The Thing. It's in iRobot, um, you know, uh, Stealing Beauty, My Fellow Americans, Sixth Man, um, even the Nick Cage film, uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, I guess because obviously just the word superstition and anything to yep. do with something to have, you know, magic or, you know, stuff like that. I Just having the word superstition in there, it, it like kind of just makes it an easy song for people to put into uh, into their films. It triggers it triggers the hack screenwriter. Yes. Uh, much like if your film opens and you're in the South, then, hey, presto, here is some credence singing Fortunate Son, <laughs> because, That's you know, right. you've got to set the mood. Um, I'm looking yep. at you, Suicide Squad. Um, yes. Uh, also, the Jackson 5 <laughs> did play it um, during a, a, a live album called The Jackson 5 in Japan in 1973. Uh, of course, the Jackson 5 also did some um, backing vocals uh, for Stevie Wonder. I think that's on the next album um, when they, they did the backing vocals for You Haven't Done Nothing. Um Oh, okay. So, you know, a bit of a connection there. So the fact that they kind of covered Superstition. I mean, Superstition is such a good song. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised it isn't like rivaling like Yesterday or something as, as like the most covered song. But I think the thing is to yeah. do it well is extremely difficult. Uh, you know, yes. as UB40. It's a little more complicated than Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, as, as UB40 proved, even if you have competent musicians, it's very hard to make a good cover version of this song. 
Um, this is true. Yeah. So um, I think we're both in agreement, uh, six out of five, in terms of the rating. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's worth saying as well that obviously while this song was still number one, Stevie Wonder made an appearance on Sesame Street and played the song. And it's a wonderful performance, it is you know, just amazing. And the thing is, amazing. it's not just like the normal, like four minute version either. They just they go on for about seven minutes. They just kind of start adding stuff. And, you know, the- it's just amazing because the best part of the video, I mean, besides the fact that it's live Stevie and in that prime time period. But the best part of that video is just watching these little kids just go insane <laughs> for Stevie Wonder. Yeah, just dancing up a storm flying all over the place yeah they re- there's one kid who's got like this hair that just keeps flopping all over the place and they just keep shaking their head to the beat and it's kind of amazing i mean like all the kids seem to be enjoying themselves but like it's just a wonderful performance um and stevie wonder is in that prime um uh, i don't know what that cap is that he used to wear in the 70s but it appears in a lot of live performances this big cap. yeah and and, and he's all he's he's head to toe in denim as well um, but you know, it's like prime Stevie '70s performance, and it's such a it's such a great kind of like live performance of it. Um, oh yeah. You know, uh, is there anything else that we need to say about superstition? Would you say? Uh, no, I think we've covered it. Okay, well then let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, John? Uh, at this moment, I do not have anything. Unfortunately, I'm uh, still in the process of trying to get together with my teenage daughter to get a show going. But of course, you know how teenagers are. And you can follow us on Twitter for this project at Stevie by Wonder. Thanks as well for being my guest here today, John. Thank you. And otherwise. I'm leaving when I'm falling down